Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I continue Spooner's trial by jury essay, and this time I'm talking about a couple of different issues, talking about the issue of criminal intent, how important it is, and it's a topic people just don't understand. The confusion is so fantastic. For people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer, I practice for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And the truth I tell them is that constitutional conservatism is a complete and total scam. And I know that because I was a constitutional conservative for decades, and then I figured it out. And I want people to be freed. They take the people we need, and they run them into this ditch. And if people would just listen to the show, they could see how wrong those people are, how they're leading them into a ditch. And when I figured it all out, I became a self-certified master practitioner, an award I gave myself almost 20 years ago. And I recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all this great work I've done in the podcast to educate the public. (laughs) So I got a lot of fake awards, and I'm pretty proud of those. All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I'm going to continue the essay, Trial by Jury, by Lysander Spooner today. It's a fantastic essay that everybody should read. It explains what a jury trial is really supposed to be about. And by doing that, it shows you the complete and utter fraud, the kangaroo joke show trials that we have. And I know this series has taken a while to cover. I think this is episode close to 20 or something on this thing. But it's well worth it because if people understood the power of the jury, the way it's supposed to actually work, the way the people are supposed to actually sit in judgment of whether the law itself needs to be enforced, should be enforced, as opposed to what we have now, which is that the jury is just this weird, completely ignorant of any of the facts kind of thing that sits there and then supposedly rules on these weird questions that they're presented after the state 100% controls every single aspect of the trial, from the evidence to the charges to the law to the validity of the law. And all you do is answer these weird questions, and that's just nothing to do with actual self-governance. If the people are in charge of the government, which is what we're told, then the people have to sit in judgment of the laws that the government purports to have on the books. (laughs) If the people don't want to support a law, they don't believe the law is legitimate, either civil or criminal law, then the people don't enforce the law in trials. And the way minorities get represented in our system is through juries. That's why a jury has to be unanimous. If one person out of the 12 says, no, nah, I don't think so, then that's it. And people say, well, that's not fair, and on and on. Well, it is fair. It's a government of the people. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to be. If the people don't agree to it, the people don't consent to it, then how's it work? To say that you can get these rigged up votes where only certain kinds of people can vote and only certain kind of people can even vote for. And then they go up and have all this authority and power for years before you can even try to get them out. They don't have to do anything they promise. And I'm supposed to be bound by any and every decision they make. It's moronic. Nobody would agree to this. It's not a system that makes any sense. Nobody would agree to this system. Yet 
we're told everybody agrees to and that it's freedom and the greatest system ever. And the jury trial, this essay just exposes it so, so well. Now, the chapter I'm about to start is called The Criminal Intent. And it's about the fact that a crime is something that is a morally repugnant kind of thing. It's not some kind of mistake you make. It's not a civil violation where you've harmed somebody, but you didn't mean to. But they came into harm, no different than a breach of contract. Breach can't be turned into fraud, even on the civil side. It's very, very difficult to do. That's an old adage that you just can't turn breach into fraud. But breach is kind of like fraud every time, right? Promise they're going to do something, then they don't do it. Isn't that what fraud is? Yes, but you have to prove the intent. And so that's why that rule is there, that in general, you can't do that. And it's certainly not a crime. Certainly not a crime. And I'm going to go over his essay, Vices Are Not Crimes, separately, entirely. That's the last one I'm going to do in this series. I've done his natural law. I've done his no treason constitution of no authority. Now I'm doing trial by jury, and I'm going to finish it up with Vices Are Not Crimes, It really expands on this concept of criminal intent and just shows how crimes aren't the same thing as civil violations. And the vast majority of things we have today that are called crimes, they're not crimes at all. They're simply not crimes. They're just made up things like possession of drugs. It's no crime. What's the harm? Who's harmed? (laughs) Who's harmed? If I want to buy drugs, I don't get it. You can go get prescription drugs. Oh, if you have the proper government approval. Okay, I got you. It's not a crime. There's no actual victim there complaining of anything. There's no intent to harm anybody. If you claim that, oh, oh, you could overdose. Okay, well, you can. You can overdose on water. (laughs) Is drinking water a crime? Possession of water? (laughs) It's idiotic. So I'm going to go ahead and get this chapter started because it's a good chapter. I don't know if I'll finish this chapter in one sitting or not, but let's go ahead and start talking about it. It is a maxim of the common law that there can be no crime without a criminal intent. And it is perfectly clear principle, although one which judges have in a great measure overthrown in practice, that jurors are to judge the moral intent of an accused person and hold him guiltless, whatever his act, unless they find him to have acted with a criminal intent, that is, with a design to do what he knew to be criminal. And now in the law, you've got things like malum and say, malum prohibita, uh, everybody who saw Legally Blonde knows that. That's one of the questions they ask. Malum prohibitive just means in the law that it's just a violation. They don't even attempt to try to claim, really, that there's any kind of criminal intent. The criminal intent you have are all these made-up things about how an intent to commit the act. They create that as a so-called mens rea. See, mens rea is the key to any kind of crime. It's what distinguishes a crime from a civil violation. Mens rea means that you have a criminal mind, a bad mind, an evil mind. Once you get away from that, then all you have is civil acts. And of course, they've already so distorted it all that you now have these things where the criminal act, the mens rea required, is actually now exists where you have strict liability. It's been so distorted that all you actually have to do is intend to commit the uh, acts. In other words, intend to not file the document, intend to, to file a document, intend to pick the feather up, have the thing in your possession. Those are all now criminal mens rea. And it makes no sense, of course, with the actual meaning, but because jurors are obligated to do whatever the courts say, they so-called must follow these instructions. And they're given these phony instructions because the courts have completely and totally taken it over because what happens is the government just controls you through these laws. And people can see it everywhere. 
all this January 6th nonsense, all these different things. This now the Trump raid, you know, where he supposedly violated this Espionage Act as though that guy's actually trying to commit espionage. See, it's just all idiotic and there's no actual criminal intent. And the only reason any of it even can be discussed in a way that even sounds remotely logical is because everything's been so distorted now, so distorted. Let's continue. This principle is clear because the question for a jury to determine is whether the accused be guilty or not guilty. Guilt is a personal quality of the actor, not necessarily involved in the act, but depending also upon the intent or motive with which the act was done. Consequently, the jury must find that he acted from criminal motive before they can declare him guilty. This is so important. If you have passed out in your car from an aneurysm and you had no idea it was going to happen and you drive through an intersection and you smash and T-bone a car and kill four people, have you committed murder? No, of course not. Why? Because you're just driving along. It's something you can't control. Nothing to do with it. You intended to be driving, right? But it's not criminal. Now, if you get all hyped up on uh, drugs and you go out and you start driving like a maniac and you T-bone somebody and kill them, have you committed murder? Yes, of course you have because it's grossly reckless conduct. You get all jacked up in drugs and drive around like a maniac, (laughs) the chance you're going to have an accident, something bad could happen is very clear. See, so that's the distinction, that the acts themselves don't necessarily connote a criminal conduct. You have to have a reason for it, a bad motive. If an accident occurs, it's an accident. That's the difference. If I accidentally shoot you, it's an accident. I didn't mean to shoot you. If I turn the gun and point it at you and pull the trigger intentionally, then I meant to shoot you. See, so those things matter, but they've blurred the lines so badly now. The people are so confused and the courts are so massively controlled and such a bunch of kangaroo show trial bullshit at this point that the people have no idea what's going on. All those people in January 6th, were they attempting to overthrow the government? Just walking through the stupid uh, capital? Of course not. There's no way you're going to overthrow the government anyway. It doesn't make any difference. They're charged with these crazy crimes like insurrection just for performing acts that are ultimately innocent acts. They're certainly not criminal acts. Let's continue. There is no moral justice in nor any political necessity for punishing a man for any act whatsoever that he may have committed if he have done it without any criminal intent. There can be no moral justice in punishing for such an act because There having been no criminal motive, there can have been no other motive which justice can take cognizance of as demanding or justifying punishment. Crime is for punishing people. Civil actions are for reimbursing people. (laughs) The fact that someone has done something that caused harm, that doesn't mean it's a crime. It could just be a civil conduct that you need to get a civil suit for. People are unaware of this, but the vast majority of so-called criminal acts for most of history The punishment wasn't to punish the person who did it by putting them into prisons. It was to make them pay fines and other things to the actual victims of the crime. Not to the state, (laughs) to the victims. The whole purpose of doing justice is to make sure the, the victims themselves are made whole. Now, when you kill somebody, you can't make them whole. Now, you can, though, with the family. Often, they could even get out of murder by simply paying the family a sufficient amount that they would be like, okay, you killed them, you meant to, we'll take the money instead. Now, you can question whether that's reasonable or not, but that's really not. 
the point. I'm pointing it out just to show you that if somebody robs you and you catch them, um, if they had to make civil compensation to you, that would be preferable to the vast majority of people. Now, if you want them to go sit in prison, that's fine. You get nothing and just go sit in prison. Okay. But it should certainly be up to the victim. Right? It should certainly be up to the victim, but that's not the way the system works. Now the system, all the crimes and all the things, these are fines and penalties and court costs and all shit. It all goes to the state as the state is the victim of this crime. <laughs> state is not the victim of any crime. It's completely absurd. All right, let's continue. There can be no political necessity for punishing to warn against similar acts in the future because if one man have injured another, however unintentionally, he is liable and justly liable to a civil suit for damages, and in this suit he will be compelled to make compensation for the injury, notwithstanding his innocence of any intention to injure. And of course, he's just explaining what I just explained. And like I said, I went on and said that in, throughout most of history, the way criminal history laws worked was the state came forward and basically went to the expense and cost of having to get you justice and the justice you deserve is not for him to have some punishment. It's for the, you to be made whole in some other way. And if you chose to have him punished as opposed to having some kind of financial uh, compensation, well, then that's your choice. And that's completely fine. Let's continue. He must bear the consequences of his own act instead of throwing them upon another, however innocent he may have been for any intention to do wrong. And the damages he will have to pay will be a sufficient warning to him to not do the like act again. Right. <laughs> it's not complicated. If it be alleged that there are crimes against the public, as treason, for example, or any other resistance to government, for which private persons can recover no damages, and that there is a political necessity for punishing such offenses, even though the party acted conscientiously, the answer is the government must bear with all resistance that is not clearly wrong as to give evidence of criminal intent. In other words, the government, in all its acts, must keep itself so clearly within the limits of justice as that 12 men taken at random will all agree that it is in the right, or it must incur the risk of resistance without any power to punish it. This is such an important point. This is the January 6th. This is the police abuse. Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying that if the government is going to claim to be the victim of some kind of crime that the people have committed against the government, <laughs> the government has to have every kind of presumption against it such that 12 people taken at random can certainly say that the acts of the government, the conduct of the government agent was clearly completely just, so just that the resistance to it was criminal. You see how that would change the interaction between police and the individuals? Think how many times it's all about, oh, well, they follow policy and procedure. Well, who the hell's agreed to any of that? It's just some shit they make up. You see, the government has to act in a way that is so perfectly pristine that if you want to review the facts, it's like, hey, man, come on. <laughs> the government guy was completely within reason there. That was not unreasonable. And if you resist something that's so clearly not unreasonable, then you are the problem. But that's the obligation of the government to stay within those bounds. Now they have it completely flipped and reversed. 
any and everything the government does, you have to follow. Oh, it's a lawful order. And therefore, they're entitled to pull you out, tase you, beat the living shit out of you because you refuse to do something, which later can be found that they didn't even have any right to do. I've already made that show and showed people that if the government agent, the cops, these armed goons that go around busting people and, and violating their rights all the time, if they come up and they violate your rights, if you resist the police for what you tell them is a violation of your rights, then even if you go in front of the judge and the judge determines that, yes, it was a violation of your rights to do that and those charges can't stand, the charges of resisting arrest still stand and you still go to prison. So if you resist government authority trying to do something to you that government has no authority to do, <laughs> then you can still be punished for that. And therefore, the government is free to overstep whenever it wants and put you to the test so they can shut down all your rights and then make you go in front of a government court to somehow try to get it back. Well, that doesn't help. Because then you go back out there and the cops just do it again and you're right back in the same position. See, under this, it's all flipped around. The police won't be able to simply rely on this idea. The IRS can't. Nobody can. None of these government agencies can. They can't rely on this idea that they wrote something down that you must obey it. See, they, they would no longer have that ability because their conduct would be such that you would be able to resist it. And unless they can convince 12 people that your resistance to that was criminal, they're going to lose. <laughs> you see how that flips it? You have to be able to resist government overstepping, government abuse at the point of the abuse. That's what's been completely lost in our society. You must just simply do as the cop tells you. Do what you're told and you won't get hurt. Is it that the cop's talking or is that the criminal talking? Right? They both say the same thing. That's what someone says in a hostage situation to their hostage. It's the same thing the cops say. That they're supposed to have the authority because the law says they're following procedure and all this other made up shit that they just make up themselves and then they stand in judgment of that you must obey all of that. You see how fundamental that is if you cannot resist the tyranny and the overstep at the point where they're trying to enforce it. If you can't do that, then they're just going to enforce it like they do now and then run you into their criminal courts. See, the individual government employees have to be in fear for their own life if they're out there, not be able to just stand on the idea that, well, this is a policy, just following orders. Bullshit. What you're doing is illegal. It's a kidnapping. You have no authority to do any of this shit. Throw me down, beat me up like they do, overwhelming force. We saw it, tackling all ladies because she didn't have a mask on. See, none of that stuff would be acceptable. You'd be able to resist that no different than any other crime. You saw someone being the victim of a crime, just like you can any other kind of crime. See, that would require that the entire authority of the state be so massively undermined. That's why those concepts are not out there. That's why it's all this back the blue, following orders, tell it to the judge, all the same crap. That's why it's there. But that point is so, so important. I really wanted to emphasize that. Just think about January 6th and the trials that are going on there. Just think about that. None of that shit would ever happen under this system. Totally and completely impossible because at least half the country is completely divided on it. You're never, ever, ever going to get convictions, uh, even in a joke place like Washington, D.C. The only reason they're getting convictions up there is because they're conning them with all this uh, filtering out of the people who can step up and boxing them into what the juror must and must not do and must obey and all this other shit. These issues that I talk about here, they don't go in front of juries now. See, they don't ever go in front of the jury. That's how they've rigged the system.
Just such an important point. Okay, I'm going to continue. This is the mode in which the trial by jury operates to prevent the government from falling to the hands of a party or faction and to keep it within such limits as all or substantially all the people are agreed that it may occupy. Right. This is how minorities get represented. This is how it prevents this idea that we have a vote every few years and if they get 50.1% a rigged up deal that therefore we're bound to have to obey whatever these jokers say for the rest of the fucking time until we can get them out of there and get another set of criminals. And it's especially impossible for it to work when both sides are the same. They work together, which is clearly what happens now. This is such an important point. I know I'm not getting very far into the essay, but it's, it's such a critical point that people need to understand it. None of these issues are ever in front of juries now. That the entire system is completely and totally upside down on this issue. This idea that the government is free to overstep whenever it wants. And the only thing you're allowed to resist is by going through the governmental process, which is 100% totally rigged. <laughs> See, that's... That's a no-win situation. That's one of the primary things that's allowed the government to get so out of control, just completely and totally out of control, that you must give in to these government goons who show up. And if you resist, well, then you're a criminal. Well, what if the government has no right to be there? What if they're doing a Waco type of thing where they're coming there for some made-up gun law, sawed-off barrel, Randy Weaver, killing his wife, killing his kid, all these things. Um, not allowed to resist. So you're not allowed to resist. Come through the door, all FBI and all this other shit. You have to lay down and do whatever they say, otherwise they can kill you. Oh, shooting at a federal officer, shooting at a police officer. They always want to make that into some kind of super crime. Uh, so the government killing the individual citizens, that's just a regular old thing that can be passed off. And, oh, it was a good shoot. And, oh, it's proper. Yeah, the guy was the wrong person, but he drew on the officer. Well, if someone busts into your house in the middle of the fucking night and you pull a gun and they shoot you and it turns out the cops are in the wrong place, it's still going to be a, quote, good shoot. Why? Because they're following procedure. The fact that there was a mistake made, well, it doesn't matter. You have to give in to the cops. Yeah, they're going to pay you some kind of civil penalty. But the cop himself is within his rights. Now, of course, if they showed that somehow the warrant was improperly obtained intentionally, well, nobody, no cop's going to intentionally obtain a warrant to go into the wrong house. It doesn't make sense. So these aren't crimes when they come in. You better make damn sure you got the right house. You better be damn sure the crimes you're going in to get them for are legitimate. You better be damn sure that you give them every opportunity to come out before that. <laughs> this, is, this is the mindset that's been completely crushed out of people with Endless brainwashing in media and government and academia about the, the, the law and the law and order and the following the rules and the got to back the blue and tell it to the judge and you have to go through the system. That's the part. So it allows the government to trample on our rights night and day. And the only option we have is not to resist at the point of the uh, violation of my rights, but I have to go into their kangaroo courts and use their kangaroo system. See, and the government goons that do all this stuff, they think they're heroes, they have full immunity for their actions, and they have nothing to fear. Not only do they never have to pay anything liability-wise themselves, that's all covered by the government, which just means you pay for your own damages when the government screws you. But they basically all they have to do is stay within these so-called procedures, and they can just kill you, even though they would have no right whatsoever if they weren't government. 
And that's not the way it's supposed to be. The government's supposed to obey the exact same kinds of laws. And in fact, it's as Spooner makes clear, the government needs to take the highest possible road. There needs to be the highest possible standard of conduct on behalf of the government. If the only thing the government's going to be punishing is something the government claims is an affront to the government, <laughs> they better really dot their I's and cross their T's. Let's continue. Hopefully I made that point because it's such an important point. This necessity for criminal intent to justify conviction is proved by the issue which the jury are to try and the verdict they are to pronounce. The issue they are to try is guilty or not guilty, and those are the terms they are required to use in rendering their verdicts. But it is a plain falsehood to say that a man is guilty unless he have done an act which he knew to be criminal. Right? If you don't even know you're doing anything wrong, it's not a crime. Oh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, he covers that. (laughs) He covers that, believe me. It's just not true. Ignorance of the law is always an excuse. It's always an excuse. That's the entire basis for the insanity plea, is that the person can't tell the difference between something that's right and wrong. It's the entire reason why kids under a certain age can't be guilty of crimes, because they just don't understand that it's wrong. So, of course, it always is. Now, they try to distort it all the time. Again, another reason they want to make sure that ignorance of the law is no excuse, which is just a made-up thing, to make sure that they can just prosecute you for anything they write down and call a crime. So, let's continue. This necessity for criminal intent, in other words, for guilt, as a preliminary to conviction, makes it impossible that a man can be rightfully convicted for an act that is intrinsically innocent, though forbidden by the government. Because guilt is an intrinsic quality of actions and motives, and not one that can be imparted to them by arbitrary legislation. All the efforts of the government, therefore, to make offenses by statute out of acts that are not criminal by nature must necessarily be ineffectual unless a jury will declare a man guilty for an act that is really innocent. Oh, man, that's so good. It's so powerful. I I suspect a lot of people are not even going to understand this chapter, no matter how much I talk about it. Because this is such a deep level of brainwashing on this topic. Such a deep level. Everybody has seen just endless police shows and movies and articles and discussions and academia about what a crime is. It's just this made-up thing, whatever the government writes down that you're in violation of. All this insider trading and stock stuff, tax shit, all this stuff is all made up. It's all completely made up. None of them are crimes. They aren't crimes. But it's so much of what's on the books now is not actually a crime, but it's called a crime that people can't even distinguish. The vast, vast, vast majority of things that are being tried down in the criminal courts as crimes are not crimes at all. And yet, the thing that people always go to as the reason for why we need police and and judges and all this crap, this criminal system for the state, are always back to actual crimes. Murder, rape, robbery. (laughs) It's it's like, uh, yeah, those are crimes. That's not what they're down there doing. Every single thing, I don't care how far back you go. I've been watching all these old uh, shows from the 50s and 60s and 70s and so many cop shows and stuff like that. 
all the way from then to today, it's always the same. Ultimately, there's some kind of drug deal going on or some kind of narcotics slash gambling thing going on. And that's what leads to all the problems and the, and the fights. Those are not crimes. Selling drugs is not a crime. It's just a made up thing. It's just a made up thing. People want drugs. Okay. Oh, they're not good for you. Well, neither are Cheetos. <laughs> neither is the McDonald's. Neither is the spraying that they do. Neither is putting fluoride in our water. All those things are all perfectly legal, encouraged, and subsidized. And so it's all arbitrary. See, it's all arbitrary. And it's so difficult for people to understand this concept that the government can't just write something down and turn it into a crime. And the only reason that happens is through incredible brainwashing and 100% control of the judicial system over hundreds of years, distorting the entire process and cutting the people out under this guise that the judges tell us the law and all these other things. And I've explained it again and again and again to people that if the government is in charge of telling you what the law is and what you must obey, then you're not in charge of the government. The government's in charge of you. And that's the difference. See, if the jury is not entitled to decide what laws get enforced where they live, then the jury's not in charge. And the jury's just the people. The government's in charge of the people, not the people in charge of the government. It's just a very, very fundamental issue that most people simply cannot grasp. All right, let's read a little bit more about this, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Because he goes over the ignorance of the law issue, and that's a bulk of the chapter. And I want to cover that, but I want to set it up, and this is important. The corruption of judges in their attempts to uphold the arbitrary authority of the government by procuring the conviction of individuals for acts innocent in themselves and forbidden only by some tyrannical statute and the commission of which therefore indicates no criminal intent is very apparent. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's why I say the system is so corrupt because it's so clear on its face. If you can just get out from under the brainwashing and see how terrible the courts we have are and how terrible those judges truly are that just sign up to do whatever they're told and their job has nothing to do with justice at all. It's just truly despicable to me. To accomplish this object they have in modern times held it to be unnecessary that indictments to charge as by common law they were required to do that an act was done wickedly, feloniously, with malice of forethought or in any other manner that implied a criminal intent, without which there can be no criminality, but that it is sufficient to charge simply that it was done contrary to the form of the statute in such case made and provided. This form of indictment proceeds plainly upon the assumption that the government is absolute and that it has authority to prohibit any act it pleases, however innocent in its nature the act may be. That just so clearly puts it in front of you do you see how if the government can just make these arbitrary things up that wearing a purple shirt on Tuesdays is illegal, that you're not free? And, of course, we're so far past that now with all the insane statutes and violations and then the insane interpretations of what those statutes and regulations mean, all done by the government, all done by the government, all completely out of the hands of the people, 100%. 
once that light goes on, then you can realize the, the truly monumental nature of how corrupt the system is and how much of an insane tyranny we live under. And the only reason it's not apparent to people is the massive brainwashing and the fact that the vast majority of people have never been caught up in the system because they simply do whatever they're told. I've told people over and over again, you think police are so great, you think they're your friend and all this other shit and they're good guys. That's because you always obey the police. Try not doing what a police officer tells you to do and see what happens. See how it continues to escalate. See what happens to you. Most people are never going to be willing to do that because they know what will happen to them. They will get dragged out and shot. They will get dragged out and beaten. They will get dragged out and handcuffed and put in front of a kangaroo court and they will be convicted. See? So, of course, anybody who does whatever they're told to is going to not have a problem with the people who are telling you what to do. But... It doesn't mean that those people telling you what to do are doing something that is just or right or in their actual authority or that in any way represents a government of by and for the people. You see that? You see that? It's such an important point. It really is. Let's finish this up. Judges have been driven to the alternative of either sanctioning this new form of indictment, which they never had any constitutional right to sanction, or of seeing the authority of many of the statutes of the government fall to the ground because the acts forbidden by the statutes were so plainly innocent in their nature that even the government itself had not the face to allege that the commission of them implied or indicated any criminal intent. <laughs> uh, possession of a bald eagle feather. That's a federal crime. <laughs> you can go to prison for it. You just pick the feather up. You don't even have to know if it's a bald eagle feather. It doesn't matter. Having the bald eagle feather, that's a possession. That's it. Just having drugs on you. Oh, a certain amount. Oh, okay. Now you're a criminal. There's nothing criminal about it. Nothing. They get people for having unpasteurized milk. They get people for every kind of absurd violation. <laughs> I, I just... If the last two and a half years of the insanity of COVID didn't wake people to what it is, the government actually does, nothing can. If hiring 87,000 new IRS agents to come after you for all these made-up crimes, all these made-up violations, while they obviously just let anybody they want walk free, nothing can. See, nothing can. And the problems don't have anything to do with liberals being in charge versus trying to get the right people in there. The fundamental structure of the system in every form and fashion is totally and completely screwed, and you're never going to win within it. That's what I try to show people. I try to show them the way the law fits together. And this trial is so important. The idea that the juries have been completely and totally washed away, that's just a reality. And if we could just get the juries back, if people just understood what they were supposed to do, this whole system could be brought under control very quickly. I mean, it would cascade so incredibly fast because you would no longer have to worry about these made-up things that the government claims are crimes. You would no longer have to worry that you're going to get convicted of those. You'd no longer have to worry that some government goon is going to show up and make you do something because you'd be able to resist them. That'd be completely within your right. They wouldn't be able to rely on the idea that they follow the policy and the procedure and blah, blah, and some internal investigation. No, it's not what would happen. It's not what would happen. People could simply resist at the point that it helps. It doesn't help when they can close everything down, and then you have to go uh, try to argue that they didn't have any right to shut your business during COVID. 
<laughs> when the cops show up to try to close your business, you tick the cops out. If the cops try to stop it, you make the cops leave. If the cops bring force, you bring force. <laughs> That's what your right looks like. And it's impossible to get convictions of people for doing things that are self-defense if you actually don't have a brainwashed population like they've created. And then they have this insane kangaroo system where the actual facts can't even get tried. See, it doesn't work. The entire system is set up as a prison, and it's promoted as this fantastic freedom machine justice system. And that's why I detest the constitutional conservatives who push this crap all the time and back the blue and support the justice system and everything else because the system itself is completely and totally fraudulent to the absolute core. It is a complete... 179 club. It is as close to 180 degrees off from the reality with your taught as they can get it. It's just that simple. Now, I'm not going to continue because he gets into the issues of ignorance of the law and goes of the arguments about how ignorance of the law is no excuse, which is utter nonsense. I, I wrote a paper on that and put it in my uh, blog 10, 12 years ago. It's just an asinine statement. Of course, ignorance of the law is an excuse. It's, there's no way to even be violating the law if you, if you don't even know it's a law. You're not trying to do anything wrong. It's just, it's silly. And if we were more natural law, like the original essay I did, and people understood what those things were, and people understood what a crime actually was, as opposed to just naming something a crime, we'd know it so much better. Everything would work so much better. But people don't understand any fundamentals. They don't know what money is. They don't know what a crime is. They don't know what justice is. They don't know what any of these things are. They don't know what the government authority is. They don't know what consent is. They don't know what a right is. They don't know anything. They're intentionally and totally misled completely confused and distracted their entire lives with these governmental education systems and these systems that are all bought and paid for with this fake money system. That's all it is. So I'm going to I'm gonna wrap it up right there for the day. And I, I know that's an odd kind of episode because I didn't cover much of it and it's I hammered on that one or two kind of issues. They're just so important. They're so, so fundamentally important. People understand and they just don't understand them. And the vast majority of people are going to listen to the episode and they're still not going to get it. And they're going to think that episode sucked. (laughs) And maybe it does suck. I don't know. But I know the points are important. That's just inarguable. Whether my episode sucked or not, I don't know. But I know this, that the the points that I'm attempting to try to elucidate are massively important points, and they are never, ever discussed. 100% covered up and hidden by the constitutional conservatives who run around and pretend to be on your side and act like lovers of liberty and freedom. They completely cover them up, and they, in fact, totally distort them and teach them as a 179 club member. Oh, Okay. Well, I managed to get through it without going into a horrible rant, which I was concerned I might. (laughs) Uh, If you like listening to me, you can go follow my tweets. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review, at least until they kick me off or I get another uh, Twitter account. And I have a telegram I open for the public. It's Legal Man the Quash group. You can go over there and join. And Legal Man the Quash is just my telegram channel. It's not a chat format. The chat format is the one that has the group and it's tied to it. And I know that sounds a little complicated, but it's not. You just go over and join the group and you'll get to see everything. And you can talk with people. And there's anytime I get kicked off of social media, I'll keep people up to date there. I give them up to dates on the movie, as I will on my Twitter. But a lot of people don't want to do Twitter. I, I post tweets in there and so do other people. So if you don't like Twitter, but you want some of the Twitter flavor, you can go there. 
if you want to follow me, it's, you can there. You can also kind of keep up with the people who are there, and they're all right-thinking people who like my show, so you're not dealing with the same uh, idiots that are out on Twitter and all the massive numbers of bots. They aren't really in there. So, because I get to moderate the thing, and if there's a jackass in there, I just boot them out, block them. So, and as far as uh, the movie goes, the Jones Plantation, I play Mr. Jones. Great allegory about going from chattel to debt slavery. It was written by Larkin Rose. It's still coming out this fall. I think it's probably going to be out in September, maybe a, maybe early October. But we're still shooting for September, and I think it's going to be great. And when it comes out, I hope people. Make that movie make a lot of money so we can make more movies like that because it's going to be a good medium to reach people. There's never been a movie like this, ever. All the crazy stuff that's in there. I talk with Andrew about it and see scenes periodically. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of funny stuff. And I also want to thank the people who are in Patreon who throw skin in the game and actually support my show financially. I appreciate that because, you know, I put a lot of skin in the game. I spent a lot of time learning all this stuff and I spent a lot of time making a show. And I take a lot of risks and I put myself out there, and I know the information I provide is very valuable and basically impossible to find anywhere else. And if people like my show, they should support my show. <laughs> That's just the reality. They should. Most people don't, but I get it. It's up to people. But thank you to the people who do step up and have that integrity. I really do appreciate that. And beyond that, I don't think there's much else to say, so I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Great show. Thanks so much. I get to take your service on the way out. More quash. More quash.